0: Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, hispanicmpr.com. This is Elena Delval and my guest is Ismael Elguzi, who is CEO of Internet Republic. Today we will discuss turning employees into brand ambassadors. Ismael, a technical engineer in computer management, is also Chief Executive Officer of Socialpubli.com and Social Reacher founded in 2015 and 2016, respectively. Internet Republic is the parent company of both. Prior to establishing Internet Republic, Ismael was head of search engine optimization and social media at Havas. Previously, he was in charge of Microsoft's search engine, Bing, in Spain. Ismael, welcome.
1: Hi, how are you,
0: Great, thank you is it is it havas or is it avas
1: i mean the, the company started to be like a spanish company so it was avas but uh, they were bought by a french company and now it's avas but everyone in the u.s tell havas so <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it's, it, they usually call it havas
0: okay thank you for that no when we say that we're going to talk about turning employees into brand ambassadors what are we referring to exactly what what is what do you mean by brand ambassadors
1: i mean uh, this is the uh, the era of the influencer marketing so everyone is speaking about the influencer everyone is willing to pay External people to promote our message to to reach new audiences and everything, but we sometimes forget that the, our main asset that we we have in our companies are the employees. So why don't give them a voice to you know to share our messages into their own social networks? and that's what employee advocacy means. So it, it is a term that you know started in, in silicon valley in the past you know with the tech companies that you know it was very difficult for them to hire people and they used their own employees to attract new to to, to attract new people to to attract new employees and you know and they start incentivating people uh, employees to to attract new uh, programmers and technical guys yeah. and that is the, the origin of the employee Advocacy, but today we are using that for marketing purposes. I mean, for for letting people know uh, that, that our company is great and they, they should buy our products or they should join our company as an employee too. So that's that's the purpose for you know for companies to use this, this new term.
0: Many companies have policies in place that don't allow any of their employees. Except for those specifically designated to interact outside the company to do any marketing for them. So if I understand correctly, what you're proposing is the complete opposite of that. You're saying that it's a good idea to let all of your employees represent you. Is that right?
1: Yeah, correct. And let me give you a fact. I mean, um, employees usually have Ten times more followers than their own brand. I mean, if you are working for Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola, let's say that they have, I don't know, 100 million people uh, following Coca-Cola in social networks. If we, you know, if we take into account every employee of the Coca-Cola brand around the globe, they will have 10 times more audience than the, that the you know, than the brand. So I think it is a very good idea, but we have to, you know, to have. To, you have to bear in mind that we have to give some training to the employees. I mean, I, I won't allow my own employees to start publishing things without any previous training. That's very important because they have to understand what is the purpose of the program or, or, or the social uh, employee advocacy and they have to, you know, um, they have to have, follow our guidelines and the rules. But in, in our particular case, in social richer, everything is under control because everything could be moderated by the company so no one is going to publish anything in their social networks without the, the consent or the knowledge of you know some administrator or community manager so, someone internally in the company So everything is totally brand safe but for me the most important thing, the more, most important thing here is yeah, give them a, a training.
0: What kind of training how long kind of training are we talking about? Uh,
1: it's like a two hours training i mean the you know common sense is the most you know powerful tool that we should use i mean you you are in charge of the company communication if if you're willing to accept this threat uh but you know it's like uh, it's like t- telling the people that you know usually uh, have common sense don't publish anything against their company of course and but we haven't faced any, you know, any problem in the in the last year that we have been working with big brands uh, with these kind of programs. Uh, I mean, it's only uh, and the good thing is that the company can control what to share, what what is going to be sharing. So um, it's not like I'm going to wake up this morning and I start talking about my company. Uh, it is the way that it works is that someone from within the company send me a news to share with my colleagues or with my friends and that's the only you know that that's the news that I, i'm gonna resend to my to my followers so i'm not gonna st- start talking about the company because not many people maybe they are not uh spoken persons of, the, of their company so th- that's a uh, very common fear that uh you know companies usually have because uh but but anyways there are many conversations out there and we can cho- choose if we want to join that conversation or not i mean People, employees, and people that, that are, are against our company are already talking about us. So I, that's why we we focus a lot in the a lot, a lot in the training. We have a lot of training materials for for the companies to share with their employees. We have, we have a lot of videos explaining how to use the technology, how how you know should we use it and how not should we use it. That so we try to to you know not force anyone. That would be the first. Tip. I mean, you can't force an employee to share their love about uh, the companies so, because it's not going to work. But as, as I said, we haven't experienced any problem this last year because, you know, people who usually want to launch this program are most, more advanced companies. Maybe they are more in tech and they are more accustomed to to use this type of programs.
0: What is the incentive for the employee because employees oftentimes have their plates full with their own duties with their own job responsibilities. What is the incentive for employees to adopt this brand ambassador title and the duties that come with it?
1: Yeah you're right so I mean everyone has their own duties at work so this cannot be seen as another duty for them, so that's why the, the first tip should be that this is something voluntary, not mandatory. Um, we we use, I mean, we, we give employees one point each time that, that that they share something about their company, and then the company could exchange those points with pairs or incentives let's say for and it depends on the country that's that's pretty i mean that's very interesting here so in europe for instance people usually love to to get like incentives like um uh, two nights hotel for your you know for you with your couple or um, uh travel or wherever you know uh, tickets for the soccer that's Something that we Europeans like the most, but uh, in in the states, in the United States, the, what they really like the most is having a spare time. I mean, you can say if you reach a hundred points in in this program, you will get two spare days, or you will get a week. Uh, I mean, a week off, or whatever you may want. Uh, so it depends on the country, but you know we usually love perks or or incentives, and that's something that we we encourage companies to do because. This is another way to pay, you know, pay your employees back. You can't expect people to work for free, you know, more than they they are doing. So that's, if if they use this kind of pairs that, you know, anyone could decide, uh, is where the, 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 this type of kind of programs usually works better.
0: And you said that you as the company have some form of control over the messaging. Did I understand correctly?
1: Yeah, that's correct because the employees signing into social reacher and they, you know, they publish, but until someone from within the company approves or denies that, the message is not published. So we use typically do that in the first or two first months because it's like considered like a training, training, you know, phase. And in the training phase, every message is moderated, but then, uh, companies usually let the, 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 people, the people publish immediately because no one is going to publish, you know, something against their own company. I mean, that, that would be weird. Um, so, but, you know, to, 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 um, to avoid those fears that companies usually have, uh, I think it's a good idea to start with a training program for a month or two months and moderate every message that is going to pop up um, from from the employees, and we could we could do that with, with our tool and with uh, any other tools uh, that, you know, helps uh, social media employee advocacy programs to, to, uh, to you know, I, I think this is something that we have to search when we, we are searching for an employee advocacy program, that everything could be moderated or not, because not every company is the same. Uh, I mean, a bank is not the same than Coca-Cola or a pharma company is not the same than Coca-Cola. So maybe they are more restricted companies than others, and that's the uh, you know that, that ability of the technology. Uh, I think that is something that we have to look for for when we are just uh, you know selecting a uh, a tool to use in our company.
0: Have you tried this brand ambassador concept in the United States already? <sighs>
1: Yeah. And in fact, it, it, we are stuck there in Miami because, uh, you know, I was meeting with people from Univision, DHL, many big companies in Miami, which, you know, they are usually centralizing all the employees for Latin America. And when, you know, I we try to to work with them with influencer marketing with the other tool that we launch, which is called Social Public so in Social Public we pay external people to promote your brand or your company and when I approach these big companies like Univision or DHL or whatever uh, they usually told me uh, why am I go- I'm, a- I'm going to pay someone external when I have Let's say 2,000 employees or 35,000 employees or even 100,000. I mean, 100 employees working for me already. So that's why, you know, it brings, you know, it, it, we start thinking about the employee advocacy programs and that's why we launched this social research program. So we, we have experience working in the US, also Latin America, especially in Mexico. And, and now in Europe, we are working in France and, and Spain where I come from. Um, and, you know, I mean, the technology is exactly the same for every country, but the uses of the technology is totally different. I mean, for Mexico, in Mexico or Colombia, for instance, is being been used by uh, political parties, you know, to promote their message. and um, In the United States, it's used by any type of company, especially small or medium companies. And in Europe, it's only used by large com- companies, like, um, for instance, um Banks or like IMG or Orange or you know those type of big companies, really big companies because they are more advanced. I mean, in the in the in the states, I think that in the states, I think that all company any any type of company is more advanced than in Europe and Latin America. So they, you know, even if they have a hundred people working for them, they will use that programs. But in in Europe and Latin America, we are more, um, you know. Uh, I think that we, we, are not, we don't see the this as an advantage yet. So that's why only big companies, really large companies, are using it because, you know, a middle company is not thinking about the budget advocacy, you know, to be honest. And it's very sad to, to say that, but it, it is the the situation that we are facing right now.
0: How many employees... Are you currently, are currently in your program in the United in, States specifically?
1: In, in global, we have like 6,000 employees. In the United States, we have like a uh, 1,000 employees. But the thing is that there are many companies which are smaller, but, you know, that we have more companies in the U.S. than, than in Europe or, or Latin America. But on the other hand, in, in, in in Europe, if we are working with Orange, for instance, that, that, and they are 1,500 employees using it. You know, so that's that's the main difference. That the, in the States, I think that the people is more open to these type of programs because, as I said, uh, it started in Silicon Valley. A bunch of years ago, and it's more easy for for an American people to understand and to love their company. So, you know, I used to work for Microsoft, and and we all love our company. And I think that the American way of thinking it is more, you know, it, it is uh, more useful for them than other parts like in Europe. That we, I think that we are very shy. You know, we don't tend to mix our private life with our company work. And that's why I think that it costs us more to promote our own company. Even if we are proud to be working for Telefonica or to be working for a or whoever, we are, you know, I think that we are more shy. And we, we don't want to, you know, uh, so uh, that, that doesn't mean that we don't love our companies. But I think that we, Americans are a little, you know, uh, a little bit ahead of us in, in, in those terms. And, and in Latin America, it's very, you know, unique because people are more sociable we launch a campaign with influencers in social public Colombia and Mexico are always the best countries you know the the, the people who share the more the most uh, there are people who you know really love Instagram or Facebook or whatever but again the, the thing is that there are many people changing their role within their company or even changing their company in Latin America i think that people usually tend to change more uh, their job so that's why i think that uh, that the United States is the best country to to launch
0: a program like that. Where are these 1,000 people in the United States? Are there particular states where you have a stronger presence? Say, for example, you mentioned this started in tech and Silicon Valley. Are these 1,000 employees participating in your social reacher programs, mostly in California?
1: No, no uh, I thought that you know California was the right state for us to to begin with, but um, we have people from states that I've never been to. I mean, from Montana. Uh, I mean, from Denver, um, even from Canada, Canada, like a country. Uh, Canada, um, Alaska. We, you know, because you know the first month is free, so there are many people trying that program. Uh, some of them pay for that. Some of them stop using it. But you know, it's not concentrated in New York or California or Florida. I mean, it's all around the, the state. In in Spain or I mean in Europe, it, it is more focused in Spain and, and Paris and France. But in the States, you know, there are people all around, all around the, the United States.
0: So walk us through how this works, Ismail, if you would. In order to participate, I just heard you say that they have to pay. So, are the employees paying to be on in the program?
1: No, the companies has to pay. You know, they should pay for the for the ability to use our software. It is an you know a cloud software, so they have to pay if they wanna have a hundred people joining our program. For a thousand people joining our program, they have to pay different. Um, but the, the employee never has to pay for that. I mean, it's only the company. The company has to pay our for our software, and then they have to give incentives. That the incentives is it doesn't have to be like monetary incentives. It could be like a spare day, or it could be like being um, like the, the employee of the month. That is something that you know. It is very common but this is the only payment that someone has to do and it is the company who pay for that.
0: The company pays for the software the employees sign up through the company in order to participate because they want to share some of their thoughts about the company and in addition because they are rewarded with perks of some kind and then the company screens their messages and approves or declines them. What, where are the messages then posted in what, what social media?
1: We are actually working with any type of, I mean, not, not every social network. So I think the, the, the majority of that, I mean, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, which is usually the, the most used social network for, comp- you know, for corporates, LinkedIn. Uh, but we, we also launched Instagram stories like last month. I think that we are the only tool integrating Instagram stories. So depending on your company, if you are a restaurant, you may, you know, or, uh, you know, a um, uh, company working in, in retail, you may want that your employees use Instagram. But if you are like a bank, uh, like a credit and call in Paris, uh, they are more looking for LinkedIn. Uh, so it depends of the company and also depends of, of the country. Uh, once, uh, once uh, you know, uh, once again, in, in Spain, many people use Twitter, but in Latin America, Twitter is not being used. I mean, it, people usually tend to use more Facebook, so it depends also of, of the country, but, you know, everything is, um, you know, uh, integrated in, in our system, so you can use YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Instagram stories, and or, or, or LinkedIn, too. So we, we, we We started with Snapchat last year, But we finally, uh, you know, decide to take it off because in Snapchat, you know, you you as a client you can not see anything. So that's where it was very weird to 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 publish anything in Snapchat. So the the majority of of the social networks are included, um, and we usually it, it usually takes like a month to include a new social network. Do the employees disclose
0: their name? in full and their company affiliation and title on these accounts?
1: Yeah, and that's yeah, that's the value of the program, of, of this type of programs. Um, if you see, the you know, an employee's LinkedIn, you will see that that employee is working for ING or for American, I mean, uh, uh, Citibank or whatever, uh, whoever. Um, so that's the beauty of the program, that you are, you know, disclosing, publicly disclosing that you're working for uh, Citibank or whatever, and, and you are proud to be, you know, um, sharing that, that content. So that, that's, it's not, I mean, launching this with an anonymous account, you know, wouldn't have much sense.
0: Do they disclose in their posts that they are being rewarded and that the content is being supervised by their employer?
1: Um, it's up to them uh, or up to the companies. W- when we are paying them with social public, with the influencer marketing, it is you know mandatory that they, they say this is an ad because you are you are not working for for the company. You are like an external guy or girl uh, publishing. But when you are publishing. Things about your company, you don't. You, you are not obligated to say this is an ad because, in fact, we are not, or the company is not paying them to to do that. They are incentivizing them, and it, and in not every case they are giving them money or you know economical advantage of doing that. So uh, it depends of of the influencer marketing programs and the employee and the um, employee engagement programs. So in this case, they don't have to disclose that this is an app because it is not really an app.
0: There's a lot of controversy brewing in the United States and in Europe lately because of the hacking and because of the many individuals or companies who have been using social media in order to manipulate political elections, among other things, hate speech, etc., And so there's a lot of concern that there isn't enough transparency in social media. What kind of an impact do you think something like this is going to have, especially if these employees don't disclose that they are being compensated in some way, even if it's not with money, but with perks? What kind of an impact do you think this has a potential for? Has this come up?
1: Yeah, like you were saying, this is very controversial. I mean, in in this Cambridge Cambridge Analytics thing with Facebook, what they it really happened is that there were people creating fake ads or trying to drive traffic to fake pages or to manipulate people in that way, and it is the you know totally opposite of the of the of an employee program because in, in an employee program you are doing that because you are transparent, because there is, um, you know, a healthy atmosphere within your job or within your company. Um, is totally different. I mean, uh, but everything, uh, you, 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 I think that we, we are actually in an, in an era of fear and, you know, in an era, in an era of, um, you know, people, we are we are experiencing a lack of confidence in everything that we are seeing in, in social media, and that's why it is very important to say that I'm working for uh, ING or ABAS or whoever. And I'm publishing this because I'm very proud of that. But I mean, our software is using our software is not mandatory to you know to say that you are working that. That, that that's the policy that the company should implement when launching this type of programs. I mean, uh, if if you are publishing your, in your own LinkedIn, for instance, everyone will know that you are working for uh, Zeroes or whoever, because in your own LinkedIn, you know, it is publicly saying that you are working for zeros. So th- th- that's pretty straightforward. I mean, the, the the thing is that we should not be using this type of programs to blame on your competitors or to do you know tricky things, but to I, I don't see the I, I only see benefits of, of using it, and especially because it's, everything is under control and, and moderated by a company member if you want. Uh, we actually don't, you know, doesn't have any bad experience using that. Uh, even with the influencer marketing tool, we, we haven't experienced, you know, anything strange because we are paying micro-influencers. We are paying people with micro Micro, micro payments. We are not paying the Cardassians or some TV star to promote anything. Uh, I I think that's, that's the beauty of this type of tools that we tend to believe more to the people that we know in Facebook or in Instagram than to many TV stars that are really, you know, far away from us. Um, But let's see. We, 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 this is gonna be, you know, this is gonna be tough and we have to be aware of those the regulations, especially in Europe, that we are facing, uh, you know, more strict regulations about data and analytics than in the U.S. in time.
0: Right. So what I'm hearing you say is you think that because it's in the open that they are employees of the companies they're talking about, you think that there's no controversy, even though they're not disclosing that the company is overseeing what they share, and they're not disclosing that the company is compensating them for sharing their thoughts on social media. Is that right?
1: Yeah, is that right? I mean, um, especially LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I, I don't think that you have to disclose because you are actually disclosing that you are working for your employer because uh, you know it, it is public. So you are not hiding that. Um, let me think about. I'm thinking about Instagram, maybe. In Instagram, uh, you can use a hashtag called "sponsor" or "ad" that many influencers in the marketing influencer programs are actually using. But for employees, I don't, I, I haven't seen many people in Instagram saying that, like, uh, you know, I'm promoting my products because I work for Google and I'm very proud of working for them. So I, I don't think that is the same case that external, external influencers or even ads, but. Anyway, we are a tool, and we you know if if the client the company wants, uh, there is a hashtag called ad or a sponsor that could be and automatically embed in every content that their the employees are sharing. So once again, it depends on the company.
0: What kind of tracking do you use to see how efficient? these comments are if some people have more resonate more than others if the messages resonate in certain areas instead of others etc
1: we track everything we can because social networks are not sometimes are not very you know collaborative with us we track everything we can even every employee or every influencer has their own tracking code. So every time you as an employee publish anything in LinkedIn or in your Twitter or in your Facebook, every link, it is automatically encoded with, with a, you know, some codes. And we can track, you know, how many people view that content, how many people click on that content, how many people retweet or re- repost or, I mean, uh, share that content. And it's fascinating. I mean, um, we have discovered that Content shared by employees receive eight times more engagement, or more, you know, comments or likes, that the content shared by their own by their own company. So if you are working for Pepsi and Pepsi publish anything, they usually have a hundred people, you know, liking that content. But you you will have eight hundred people liking that content if you were your your employees who post that content. This is something that we you know we like about this type of marketing and there was a um, recent study by mintel it's not you know done by ourselves where they they say that 72 percent of the users look to their social media media contacts to for recommendation in buying new things i mean a bike or a car or an electronic so when purchasing goods and services they are you know tending to look at, at what their contacts or what their friends are doing in social networks and what things are they promoting in their in their social networks? So um, I think that there are some things that we can track, like I said, traffic or retweets or likes. But there are some things that it is not as easy to track, like the increasing of the brand recognition or in the trust of that company that we we cannot track so easily, but we truly believe that you know, is working for that because I think that it helps company to be more human.
0: Is there any concern that once the messages are posted on the social media venues, you lose control of the message? Because once it's out there, it can take a life of its own. And also that some of those venues claim the right to use any message that you post, any image that you post or video, in any way they see fit, is that creating any concerns?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, you as, a, you as a user, when you sign up in Facebook or in Instagram or in many other social networks, are giving control to that network. I mean, you are, you, sometimes we, we, don't, we are not aware of that, but we are, you know, giving rights to, the, to those platforms to use our content. So this is very common, and every social network is using our content to deliver more specific ads or to, you know, even for feed them. So we, we, the users, are feeding the social networks because without the users, social networks has a purpose to, to, that, to do that. So, um, and, and I think that this is also very controversial because um, it is, Legit, legitimate that Facebook or Instagram or Twitter are earning a lot of money with your content, and you are not getting, you know, you are not getting, you are not getting anything for publishing or creating content using those networks. So, this is something that it is uh, quite controversial for me, and it is something that I, you know, I don't, I don't think that any one of us has already read the 65 pages of terms and conditions that Facebook or Instagram or, or, or any type of networks usually have. So I think that we as a users ha, has to be, mo, you know, more restrictive and, and more well-informed with our data. But I also think that the social networks will be, you know, more clear uh, with the usage of the, that of the data that we are providing them. Um, and I think that also as a company, uh, we... We have to, you know, take care of that. But we can start using that uh, platforms uh, for our companies because if not, if we do, if you know, uh, like like it or not, I, I, I mean, the millennials are are uh, only using these platforms to to be, you know, informed uh, and only using these platforms to. Uh, to get news or, 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 or to be up-to-date with their friends. So uh, we have to, you know, take care. But I, in my opinion, we have to be there because our people, employees, new employees or clients are there are already. So uh, it's, it's, it's something tricky and it's something that's uh, very controversial again, but we have to be I I, I think... There is no question that any company right now has to be in social media because they are already in social media. The thing is that sometimes people say, no, I'm not in social media or I'm not in Twitter. And that's totally false. I mean, you may not be using Twitter as, as the brand, but you are already in Twitter because there are people in Twitter talking about you. So you have to decide, uh, you know, being on Twitter, you know, playing that game or not. Uh, in my opinion, we we, we uh, at least we have to listen what people is
0: saying, and we have to use those networks for, for our companies. Which networks do you think are a better fit for which types of influencers and which types of companies? There must be combinations that you've seen that are the most effective, that resonate the most, that get the most pass-on rates. What can you tell us about that?
1: yeah, absolutely. So for instance, Twitter is more for technical you know technical content or news content. I mean everything related to news, um, you know uh, uh, technical and on the other hand, Instagram and a little bit Facebook is more for fashion, retail, and restaurants, for instance. So if you have a restaurant for a restaurant, forget about using Twitter or using LinkedIn. So you, you should focus on, on Instagram. Um, the thing is that we as a company tend to be in every net social network as possible, and I, I think that this is an error. So we, we should focus on the networks that you know are more related to our business, our our way to communicate. If you have a CEO that he, he or she uh, explains things in, in, in a very good way, in a different way, you should encourage them, uh, he or her, use YouTube for instance Um, so depending of the the type of business and also depending of the country Um, as I said in Latin America in general Facebook is like you know everyone is on Facebook everyone is using it and they love it Um, if for for female it is usually more more uh, I I would use Instagram better than Twitter Um, and of course if you are uh, like a Bank or an insurance company, maybe a LinkedIn is your preferred network. So it depends of your company and depends of the country that you are. Uh, but I, I would say that Facebook is for everyone. 200, 2,000 million people are already in Facebook, and then Instagram for you know food, retail and shopping, and Twitter more for tech guys or girls and and news.
0: Lately, there's been a lot of controversy. The stock value of several of the social media sites has plummeted, including some of the ones that you've mentioned. And there's talk that their influence and their value in life is dropping. Many people have closed their accounts because of the violation of rights. And there has been a movement calling for people to delete their accounts. What parts of this have you seen reflected in your websites?
1: Yeah, you're you're totally right. This is the first time ever that Facebook is dropping users in Europe. And it is, you know, it came right after the Cambridge Analytica problem. Um, So I've never, you know, I've never thought that I would see that. But it, it is already happening. And we see a trend right now that is private networks, like Telegram, for instance. So there are many people uh, moving from Twitter to Telegram, especially in in politics or, you know, um, large companies. And also there is a new phenomenon, which is Instagram. I mean, there is a lot of people using Instagram as a new social... I mean, I'm so sorry, uh, WhatsApp. There are many people using WhatsApp as a social network. So there are many people sharing content in WhatsApp, in WhatsApp groups, and you know, and that was how Facebook started. So Facebook started gaining people and and you know, gaining more users because they are were sharing that funny jokes or that funny images in Facebook. And now there are many people who is moving to to private groups in Instagram. Um, I mean, again, uh, I'm sorry, in WhatsApp because uh, WhatsApp is a more private, and they, I think that they really care about what is private and what is public. And I think this is a new trend. Uh, In the past, we were overexposed to... Our privacy was overexposed in Facebook or in Instagram. There are many people, you know, uploading even news or, you know, uh, bad jokes or all those things. And now this is not happening and they are going to private networks like WhatsApp or or Telegram. In our platform, what we have seen is that uh, Instagram is by far the more the most used. We have a bunch of people in, in Instagram and Facebook is like, you know, it's growing, but it's growing very slow. In I mean, in social public, we have 100,000 people in that influencer marketing platform and 60,000 people are in Instagram and only 30,000 are in Facebook. So um, Instagram is grew, growing a lot and Facebook is completely... You know, losing their their, their power. But the, the thing is that they are they both are owned by Facebook. So at the end of you know at the end of the day, Mark Zuckerberg is still happy, but there, there is a shift of the pe- You know, people shifting from Facebook to Instagram.
0: Can this be segmented by age, in terms of market segment? Is this preference for Instagram driven? by younger users or older users, what are you finding?
1: It's very surprising because Instagram in in particular is growing a lot in women between the 30s and 50s. So we tend to think that social networks uh, are for millennials, but that's not, you know, really true. And, of course, the content in in Instagram are more visual, and I think that it has to be, you know, with... I mean... um, the youngers are in, still in, in Snapchat because everything is private and their fathers cannot see what they're doing so that's a very good point for, for Snapchat um, but in, in Instagram is growing a lot the, the women yeah, in, the mid, in the middle, middle age is the, the segment that is growing the most and there is a, all, all, also something fascinating in, in older people I mean there are people older than 60s that are growing a lot, especially in Facebook. I mean Facebook is for older people and Instagram is becoming for forty yeah, thirty, forty, 40, uh, more or less. And when we talk with, with the with you know with the millennials they say, Oh no, I don't use Facebook. This is for us. This is for all this this is for my father. So I, I don't wanna use Facebook. So they have it, you know, crystal clear and they just still working, uh, I mean, they are still using Snapchat because they don't want to move to Facebook. There are many millennials that have, you know, gone from Snapchat to Instagram directly without stepping in, in Facebook.
0: Are you dealing with these privacy issues on these fake account issues, in any way, on your platforms, since there is so much concern about the legitimacy of the people who are on social media and the legitimacy legitimacy of those accounts and those messages, are you in any way authenticating or doing anything to protect their privacy, etc.?
1: Well, we, since the GDPR. Low that, you know, we've been, I, I mean, suffering in the last months. We have to, you know, audit everything that we are doing in terms of privacy, in terms of, you know, rights and everything. So we spend like four months working a lot with, with you know, the, with our lawyers to, you know, to fulfill all the regulations in in every particular country because we are working in 20 countries. And as I said, in Europe, for instance, uh the, the, the laws are even more strict than, the, than in the U.S. So we have to be, you know, very, you know, we have to be very careful with that. We have to upload our terms of ser- and services. And we have to, uh, I'm very proud of the operation teams because they are always, like, you know, um, answering super fast to the people. And if anyone has any single question, we are there for helping them. So that's the, the that's the, We are a technology, uh, you know, a a tech tool, but, you know, what I like the most is the the, the humans that are behind that. And sometimes we don't see that until we start uh, using the platform. But yes, uh, that's a main issue for us, the the GDPR and all the privacy-related issues. And we spend a lot of months, you know, working, as I said, in different countries to, to fulfill any regulations and any, you know, Not not actual laws, but the laws that are coming, that uh, change a little bit between countries.
0: What impact do you think that this kind of social media presence will have in the long term, of employees as advocates for their organizations or for their companies. What do you see happening, say, in the next couple of years?
1: Um, I think that we, I, I, I think that we are in a in a in a era that we don't want to you know use intranets anymore. I mean, the, the concept of intranet is like from the eighties. I I remember using that, and no one's wants to use the internet for anything, even if your company puts some discounts there, even if your company puts, puts some perks in the intranet. You know, it's something that is, is anti-natural for us to use it. And uh, on the other hand, I think that any one of us have um, a Facebook account or an Instagram account, and it is pretty normal for us, especially for the millennials, that they usually have like three or four or five different accounts. So it's very common for us to be sharing content. We spend the whole day sharing content, and we spend the whole day sharing content related to our work. I mean, if you are working in news, you will be, you know, s- s- you know, spreading content from NBC, ABC, or CBS, the whole day, or from CNN. Um, even, you know, if, if they don't pay you, or they don't, you know, or, or even if you are not an, an employee of CBS. So this is our, I mean, it's like driving uh, this is so, this is something common. So what what I see is that we are being we we, we will be more um, you know uh, we will be more proactive and we will be sharing more content related to our company because uh, because it 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 will be seen as an you know as a natural way of. Of living. I mean, uh, if you are proud of your company and there is a healthy environment where you're working in, the, the, you know, it would be easier for you to share a content created by your company than by CBS or by Univision. So uh, that, that's what I think that there is a lot of future in this type of, I won't say tools, in this type of mentality uh, instead of, you know, being close and private. But I think that in the States, as I said at the beginning, uh, you are, you know, far you know, ahead of any other country in in, in those terms because you have like 20 years experience on that. I remember when I was working for Microsoft, there were like 60,000 employees in Microsoft at that time. And I think that there were 5,000 people using a blog. And I'm talking about 15 years ago. So 15 years ago, there were like almost 15% of the Microsoft employees. We're sharing content in a, in a blog. Um, now, in all our companies, I, I I will say that 99% is, you know, sharing content in Facebook or in Twitter or in Instagram or LinkedIn. What we have to do is that incentivate the people to share our content if they like it. Again, you cannot, you know, um, force people to, to share it. The content of your company because it will be unnatural. But I think that the future is there. I mean, the, we we the, the whole day sharing content, and what we we saw is that you know the content shared by an employee is it has like eight times more eight, eight times more engagement than the company shared by the companies because companies are not human at the end.
0: For those of our listeners who are intrigued by the idea and want to embrace this for their own companies, for their own brand, what is your message? How can they begin? Are there particular employees who are best suited for that? Should they reach out to their employees in marketing or their technical employees across the board. What would you say to them?
1: Um, yeah, that, that's a very good point. I mean, the first thing is creating a you know a healthy company culture because if not, it's not going to work. I mean, if you don't have a digital DNA, it's very you know hard to, to launch these kind of programs. But after that, uh, I will start by launching a, a test program. So I I, I want if. if If I have, you know, if we have 10,000 people in our company, I won't launch a program for those 10,000 people. And that's what what we usually recommend is launching a test program with 100 people. They are usually in marketing, but, you know, uh, it usually works better if they are, you know, already using Facebook or Instagram. I mean, I'm not... I don't say that they have to be millennials, but they have to be aware of those tools. I mean, uh, this is usually uh, the best way to start, so launching a test uh, pilot program. Um, And also, uh, it should be voluntary. Uh, You cannot force anyone to use it, because if not, it's like when your fathers, you know, uh, told you you have to study, you have to do that, you have to do whatever. Uh, If someone, you know, uh, wants you to do anything, you're, you're not going to do it. I mean, that, that that should be voluntary again. And there are there are many companies that are creating what they say what they call a, a digital task force or something like that inside your company. And they are already you know doing that. They are they are. You, you will get surprised if you look at companies. There are many people. There there are many employees. You know. Sharing, already sharing content about their companies, but the thing is that we don't track anything and we are not, you know, uh, we, we don't even know that there are many employees sharing content. We will get surprised if we make a search in Twitter or LinkedIn of our own employees and we, when we saw a lot of people, you know, sharing that content without our knowledge. So I think that there are many people willing to help. Uh, and there are many people willing to be a part of the of the company, and that's especially millennials. That's what they say. I want to be important for my company. I want to be, you know, accountable for my company, and I, I would lo- love to contribute in in, you know, in spreading the word. Uh, the other, I mean, social research is only a tool. Uh, so the most important thing is creating again a, a healthy uh, co- corporate culture about that. That's why sometimes startups and, you know, technical companies uh, embrace this type of programs easier than, you know, that a bank. Uh, but with all that said, we are working with three banks. So <laughs> it depends. Of, of. Also, it usually helps if the CEO is very digital. I mean, that's, that's a key point. If, if this is something that comes up to down, it usually works very
0: did you say you're working with three banks? Yeah. Is that in, in the U.S., Ismael?
1: No, it's, it's in France with uh, Credit Agricole. Uh, it's, it's in Spain with ING, and we are launching another one uh, in the UK. N- not any one in the in, in the U.S. yet. Uh, no, but, but I mean, but but there are I know many banks in the U.S. that. They already have in place these programs, not using our tool, but maybe uh, with internal tools developed by, the, by themselves. Because you know that banks sometimes are very, um, you know, they, they don't want to rely on third people apps or third people, uh, you know, development. So they are doing it by themselves. So I mean, so I, I think that I got surprised. I thought that banks were more reluctant to use technology for sharing, but it's not. The thing is that sometimes they, they are doing that by themselves.
0: What costs are involved in these uh, sign-up, for example, and is it by usage? Is it by number of employees? Would you give us an idea of that?
1: Yeah, it is by number of employees. Um, the, you know, the starting... Point will be five hundred dollars for a hundred employees, and you have also a, a free month at the beginning to, to try it out and to test the, the tool, and and then it goes you know from a hundred to whatever. If, if you have more than a thousand employees, the, the the final cost will be five thousand dollars flat fee. I mean, you can use it as much as you want uh, with. As much employees or not only employees, there are many NGOs using it, using it, and there are many uh, political parties in Latin America using it. So there is a cap of of five thousand dollars. So it varies from five hundred to five thousand, but it is you know very uh, very cheap compared with uh, influencer marketing campaign because sometimes uh, like a real influencer they usually charge like ten thousand dollars only per. Posting a, a, a picture, and you know, this is something that uh, not many many companies would do. So for NGOs, we usually work uh, in a pro bono uh, for them, um, and then depending on the of, of, you know of, of the company, there, there is also an app that the employees can be could be using it. Um, also, if you're in a bank and you have a thousand people who has downloaded your app and you you can use that app also for notification. Imagine that you wanna your CEO is appearing today in the news. You could send a not not a text, but you can send you can send an alert to all the people in your organization, and that's half no cost for you. So it's not only for promoting, but also for uh, you know giving alerts to your sending alerts to your employees.
0: Are those numbers that you shared $500 per 100 employees and Five thousand, four thousand, and up—is that per month? Is that per year?
1: Is that per month? Because we we have a lot of costs in integrating with all social networks. But the thing is that if you pay five hundred dollars per a hundred active employees, I mean people who is actively using the the tool, um, if you only with launching one campaign, you know the return of investment will be will be higher because you know if you have. Let's say 40 people talking about your company. One day, uh, you know, the, the the audience, the reach that you have is, you know, is huge. And if you are launching maybe two campaigns per week, so with 10 campaigns per 10 campaigns per month, you will get an audience of maybe a million people, and you only pay 500 dollars. So it is very Cheap compared to an influencer marketing campaign that you could do with social public, for instance, which the average cost is like
0: $3,000. How do you estimate the reach? I see this in social media all the time. Mm-hmm. They'll say that a particular message, a tweet, a photo posted on Instagram, a video, etc., reached X number of people, but nobody really is disclosing in what way it reached them. Tell us a
1: little bit about that. Well, they are not disclosing that because <laughs> maybe this is not the best metric. But the reality is that reach is the potential followers. I mean, if you have two thousand followers in your Twitter and I have thousand followers in my Twitter, so our combined reach will be three thousand. So that's the you know the potential user, the potential users that could be seeing our content. So it's exactly the same? That the not, not the same, but it is kind of the television. If you see, I don't know, Big Brother, and they say, there are like, there is a reach of 5 million people watching Big Brother. There won't be 5 million people watching it because there, are, there will be people, you know, who turn the TV and and are reading or adding or the, you know, working in the, with their laptop, so they are not actively seeing that, uh, that ad, or, 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 but it is like a potential Uh, it, it is a potential metric of the people who could be seeing your app or your content
0: Is there any kind of a quality measurement? To me, it's much more effective if you reach the right kind of people. Say, for example, that you are selling golf clubs just to pick something at random. To me, it would be a lot more interesting to know that I reached a 100 golfing enthusiasts than that I reached a million people in the general market is there any way to zero in more specifically on a target audience rather than these big numbers that in some cases may be meaningless
1: yeah of course and um, one metric could be engagement i mean if you if you're going to you know if you want the kardashians or ronaldo to you know to be publishing anything about your company maybe they have 100 million followers in instagram whatever but you know If I see Ronaldo promoting a Ford car, I would never think that Ronaldo is driving a Ford car. I mean, I I guess that Ronaldo has, like, three Ferraris and, and, you know, a hundred Porsche, whatever. So sometimes it's not, as you said, like the mass market, it's not easy. I mean, it it is better to, to, you know, Look for micro influencers in that particular area, which is gonna cost less, and the results are better. I mean, we we could easily measure that with the with the engagement metric. Engagement is the number of likes and the number of comments that a content has. I mean, again, if you have a a thousand followers in Instagram and you publish a picture, and there are a hundred people, you know, commenting your picture you will have an engagement rate of 10% because 10% of your audience will be commenting or will be liking your picture, right? So if Ronaldo has 100 million people and Ronaldo publishes a picture, there will will be only, let's say, 2,000 comments or 2,000 likes. So the engagement rate of Ronaldo will be maybe 0.2% compared with your, you know, 10%. So, you have more engagement rate, you have more engaged uh, audience. The thing is that Ronaldo has a bigger audience. I mean, he's like a mass media. So, but if you could hire 100 people like you with a 10% engagement rate, you know, you will be spending maybe 10,000 euros or dollars and will be getting more and um, better results than hiring a celebrity. And that's what we are. We have seen in the last three years with, with the other tool that, that we have, which is Social Public, where we pay micro-influencers, even if you have 100 people in, in Instagram, we will pay you, of course, we will pay you maybe $2, not $100,000, but uh, it is, you know, we usually work with, with TV stars or with soccer players too, but people with less followers tend to have more engagement, that's... because. As I always say, if you have 1,000 followers, you don't have followers. You, you, you really have friends. I mean, it's, I don't think that Ronaldo or the Cardassian knows their audience. I, I think that the people who have 500 friends in Facebook, they really know who their friends are. And, and that's why they, they get, you know, much more engagement in their publications because there are people commenting all the time.
0: Do you want to tell our audience who Ronaldo is, Ismael?
1: I'm, I'm so sorry we're not the biggest soccer player in the world. It's, it, it would be like LeBron James' firm for NBA.
0: Is there a way where you can drive a campaign? So, say, for example, to get people to sign up for a free promotion or for a newsletter so that people will give you their email address or their mailing address or whatever it is. Have you done that? Is that a, a possibility?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a possibility. We are doing that to promote Spain as a country. I mean, we're working with the with the tourism minister to promote Spain in in the U.S. in and in many countries. Countries in Europe, and what what it works better is is using Instagram Stories. I mean, using Instagram Stories because let's let's say that I mean in Twitter or Facebook, you know the are the, the, the click numbers is so low. I mean, if you publish something in Twitter, there will be a few clicks. I mean, you will get a few clicks because Twitter is not intended for driving traffic to to a website. However, in Instagram Stories. You know, it is actually the network with more engagement. I mean, if you publish anything in Instagram stories, your followers, your friends, will be more likely to click on, on that content. And it, we are driving people to register, to sign up in a bulletin uh, using stories, and it worked for us very well in the past, especially for tourism or for, you know, when you, when you are trying to get people registering to register to a newsletter or making a contest or anything as, and as I said we are using the six major networks so I, I'm not more interested in promoting stories than LinkedIn for instance but it usually works better but on the other hand for putting a link into Instagram stories you, you have to have at least 10,000 followers, which not many people have
0: What suggestions would you share with our listeners who want to learn more about this topic and get a better understanding beyond what we've discussed here? Are there any resources, are there any academic studies, any books, any websites where they can get objective information that isn't from a vendor?
1: Yeah, because, you know, this is something so new that many many information is usually published by, as you said, by vendors. Um, everything related to influencer marketing or employee advocacy, um, you can, you know, uh, there are several websites like, uh, I mean, influencer marketing hub or there are um, another. Um, web, uh, I would say the I I IAB or uh, e marketeer, they usually publish a lot of information, even Forbes Is publishing a lot of information about this topic, but there is no like like a, you know like an official site for everyone to read. I mean, it's more searching for searching in Google, and uh, we usually get some very good insights and, and information from 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 e marketeer or for. Uh, yeah, for, even for, for, from Forbes.
0: Thank you, Ismael, for joining us from Madrid, Spain.
1: Well, thank you very much for, for this nice interview, and I hope you like it.
0: And to our audience, you have been listening to Ismael El-Qutsi, is Chief Executive Officer of Internet Republic, who discussed turning employees into brand ambassadors.